Hello and welcome back to In God We Trust podcast. Today we have Jared Lasky again from Adventures in the Spirit podcast. If you guys want to check him out, go to Adventures in the Spirit podcast. Today I ask him a bunch of questions relating to God and the Bible. And the first one that we start out with is, how do we know that Jesus is God? This is something that I saw on the internet and I wasn't really sure how to answer. So today we're going to cover that and we have more questions with that. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Like Jesus never said that he was God. Like he never like came out and said, I am God, worship me. This is something that, that I heard on like YouTube or something. And um, I just want to know like where you would point at or have to say about that. Someone saying that to you. Well, I'm not sure who you're who you're watching on YouTube about this. Because Jesus fulfilled more than 300-some prophecies about the coming Messiah. And in the Old Testament, it even says his name will be, I think it's Isaiah. Right now, I can't pinpoint the chapter, but it's a very, very common verse. We all hear it around Christmas time in the prophet Isaiah. It talks about he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. So, Mighty God an everlasting father fulfilled in Christ Jesus when he incarnated, when he was born in this world and became a human, 100% God, 100% man. So he fulfilled that prophecy along with 300 some odd other prophecies from the Old Testament. But in the Gospel of John, we see the series of references called I, where he Jesus says, I am, I am am whenever you see that in our english it doesn't really capture the the uh, the greek or the hebrew or the aramaic that the the new testament was written in most of the new testament was written in koine greek which means common language which was the business language uh, of the day so in order to do business you needed to know koine greek you might speak in hebrew have aramaic so you, you were speaking three languages in jesus day and so Jesus had a series of discourses. We see that in the Gospel of John where he says, I am. The, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the religious leaders understood what he meant when he said, I am the door. I am the way. I am the truth. You know, Jesus said, I am, correlating that with the I am in Exodus where God spoke to Moses through the burning bush. If anybody ever said, I am am when when god commissioned moses at the burning bush he said tell them i am sent you so in the new testament the religious leaders didn't want anybody to say i am but when jesus said i am that was one of their main reasons why they wanted to crucify him why they wanted to put him on trial illegally because he's saying i am basically saying i am god so jesus is god Jesus is God in the flesh, uh, and, and that kind of brings up the whole Trinity. How can Jesus be God and the Holy Spirit? The Spirit is the Spirit of Jesus. You know, it's one God in three persons. You know, there's that that hymn, you know, uh, God in three persons, blessed Trinity. You know, uh, the, the old hymns that I grew up on have spiritual truth, scriptural insight. So Jesus said, I am God, and it shows where he is worshipped in the New Testament. After he uh, died on the cross, rose from the dead, and bef right before he ascended into heaven, he received worship. And we know that only God can be worshipped. 
So Jesus received worship right before he ascended into heaven. Uh, we see that in the Gospels. We even see in, in the book of Revelation where the Apostle John was on the Isle of Patmos around uh, oh, 58, 59, 60 AD, about the time. I think a lot of theologians may get that wrong. But it was an early, written earlier, 58, 59, 60 AD, about the time the book of Revelation was given. Um, and John was a, had this supernatural revelation, but he was about to worship this angel. And, and the angel said, no, <laughs> I'm a created being. Uh, worship God, worship Jesus only. So I hope that that you know, brings some insight. So we see Jesus, the I am statements. We see Jesus receiving worship. We see the fulfillments of prophecy in Jesus alone. So Jesus is God and can be worshiped as God. So if someone were to say some, that to you, you could say, uh, by Jesus saying, I am, uh, the Pharisees and the chief priests at the time knew that he was saying that he is God, and that is why they wanted to crucify him. Yeah, that okay. was one of the main reasons why. And also because he was taking their popularity away. These were corrupt religious leaders. Uh, and there's evidence that these these Pharisees, Sadducees, were Jesus had to told them that they are the the children of the devil and they're they're like we're the children of abraham there's this whole thing back and forth but jesus is basically exposing how they were practicing witchcraft and there's biblical evidence to this this is something you may not learn in bible college uh it, it took some time in seminary to understand his through history uh the, the religious leaders of jesus day were, were it's kind of like a part of a secret club secret group, if you will, a sect. So they would teach the Bible, the Torah, they'd memorize large portions of it, and the, the, the high up leaders would put one foot in the Torah, one foot into what we know of today as Kabbalah, which is Jewish witchcraft. It's not the modern day form of of Kabbalah that, that some of us know, like some pop stars are involved in, but that had Modern-day Kabbalah has roots in the Gnostic stuff, the heretical stuff, in witchcraft, in occultism as well. So when we see Jesus even saying, you know, you're the children of the devil, he's basically exposing them how they're not serving the one true God, and their whole system was corrupted at that point, which is why Jesus had to clean house. He had to take, put together a whip, you know, because they're— the, uh, the money exchangers, the people selling on the temple courts, people look at that and be like, well, Jesus was righteous in this. Well, there was more to it. The religious leaders were getting a huge cut for that. And that's not the same as, uh, say, monetizing podcasts or selling books or selling e-courses or any of those things because people need overhead. People need to make a living. The All those people need to make a living. This was totally different. It was a corrupt system where the religious leaders were – uh, getting a huge cut and exploiting the poor and the people coming in uh, to buy at inflated rates the sacrificial lambs, the doves, the you know the pigeons, the cows, all those things. Uh, so that kind of changes everything when when we kind of realize, oh, it's not just these things were for a purpose that Jesus did. Okay, yeah, that's good. Um, so this this is kind of related to this question because the person that uh, asked that question about where did Jesus say I am God? He was a Muslim. So do the Muslims, I, I was talking to 
um, one on the bus. Uh, if you're listening right now, um, I, I'm kind of going to bring up a, a small topic, but he was talking about how Jesus was a prophet for them, but they didn't believe that he died on the cross. Mm-hmm. Um, could you explain uh, a little bit more on that? Or do you know much about like their beliefs on Jesus? Well, I, I know just uh, a little bit of a little bit of it in order to have a conversation with them. So they do believe that Jesus came. They believe that Jesus was was a prophet. Uh, and I, I bless people of all religions. I just pray in Jesus name that their eyes are open to Jesus. Jesus is the only way, the truth and the life to heaven. Uh, so people need to come to Christ. And from what I know is the Quran shows that Jesus was a prophet and it, it shares some of the stories that we have in the Bible uh, about Christ himself. But the, I, I'm, don't quote me on this one. They believe that maybe someone else stood in his place for the cross, which that would take the whole reason why he came out of the equation. We know as Christians, Jesus is the truth and that Jesus died on the cross to forgive us of our sins, make us sons and daughters, to walk in dominion, to uh, be his followers, his disciples, share his love with people all, all around the world. What's interesting is that we can have conversations with them and encourage them to check it out more, to study more of it, uh, to pers- you know, give them a new, new Testament. I was on a train in India a number of years ago, and I had a pocket New Testament, a Gideon's Bible uh, New Testament that this Muslim guy uh, was interested in, and I, I gave it to him. He read that on the train ride. We're going from Madras to uh, Calcutta, and uh, he read the whole thing through, and he knew it was wisdom. So I... I gave him the Bible. I told him he can keep it. I couldn't, you know, I'd even given the invitation for him to commit his life to Jesus. He wasn't ready in that moment, but I know that God planted seeds in that time. God plants the seeds. He brings the harvest. So uh, wherever that guy is in the world, I, I hope today he knows Jesus through that conversation and through that pocket New Testament. But get people curious about it. If you're having a conversation with someone of another religion, you can start talking to them about what uh, they they see and what, you know, say the Quran. It talks about Jesus. Well, encourage them to read the New Testament. Uh, one of the things, though, is that there are cults out there that exist. So, you know, there, there are groups out there like, say, the Mormons. You know, they've added two and they've got multiple books, you know, um, and, and they're those things that, that they've published. You know, um, that that stuff is wrong. You know, uh, I don't want to get into too many of those details, you know, but um, we want to encourage people to read the New Testament for themselves and and bless them in Jesus name. Give them an opportunity to come to Jesus or even to encounter him in that situation, whether it's through a power encounter, through prayer, through a physical healing, uh, whatever it is, a word of knowledge, you know, encourage them. And uh, I know that when we have added a supernatural element by the power of the Holy Spirit when we pray over them, you know, they'll know that God did something that they can't deny the power of the Holy Spirit, whether they felt him flow through their bodies where, where, you know, I've prayed over people and they felt deep love upon them, upon themselves. And I just point them to Jesus, you know, and continue to encourage them. Uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of what I was trying to do at the time, but back to what you didn't want me to quote you on. Here is what he said about okay. that. Yeah, he said that um, the night that Jesus was betrayed, 
that was when Judas uh, betrayed him for the 30 silver coins. <laughs> and they believe that when the guards came up and said, are you Jesus? And he said, um, yes. Uh, and then at that moment, Judas and Jesus, they swapped faces. So it was actually Judas that was on the cross and Jesus was in Judas's place. And that was the night that he ascended into heaven. And that is what they believe. That's what he said to me. So that's just, um, I don't know, maybe if, if that's what you had in mind. Well, but... yeah, I think, I think I was going to say, I think they thought that maybe it was Judas that took his place, but that would nullify the substitutionary death of Christ on the cross. And that's an easy out for people to not accept Jesus' substitution and his atonement for our sins, our sicknesses, our diseases on the cross, because by his stripes we were healed. Uh, and so P other religions, other faiths try to minimize Christ Jesus. And if they can't minimize him, they'll make him equal to everybody else. But in Christianity, we're the only religion, if you will, and I'm using that that term loosely because it's a relationship. But as an organized system of beliefs around the world, we're the only faith that has an empty tomb. You know, when Buddha died, he said he still doesn't know the truth. You could quote me on that. <laughs> you know, when Confucius said these things, other people, uh, re religious leaders would say they don't know the truth. They're searching for it, right? Christianity, we have an empty tomb. Jesus died on the cross, rose from the dead, ascended into heaven, is sitting at the right hand of God. And other faiths will try to minimize him, uh, make him lesser than God, you know, because that's an easy out. Or they'll try to make him equal to everything else and just absorb him with millions of other false gods, gods with a little G, you know. Um, or people will try to be atheists or agnostics. And, uh, you know, but those are the people, you know, continue to love them. I just saw today, it was, or yesterday, uh, the co-founder of the South African Satanic Church came to Jesus. He's got like this viral video that's like 35 minutes. Now, he's a baby Christian, okay? But he had a supernatural encounter with Jesus uh, because he, he felt loved. He had this interview on a radio channel, uh, trying to recruit people for the South African satanic church and uh, the, the host or someone working for the radio gave him a big hug and he felt nothing but unconditional love. Weeks later, he finds out that that radio host is a Christian through social media. And, and then he's like, well, only Christians have given me this kind of love. And he, he talks about how he's broken and hurt and all these other things and how a lot of people who are broken and hurt join these satanic uh, churches and modern-day Satanism, some, some of them worship Satan directly. Some of them believe that they are their own higher power. So it's like a metaphor for them. So Satan is a metaphor and all those things. Uh, you know, uh, so there's differences of opinion or view, value systems or belief systems in that group of people. But this guy, this gentleman, I, I forget his name, um, but it's, it's on Facebook today. Yesterday went viral on Twitter, those kinds of things. You know, he eventually was doing a ceremony some ritual in order to gain more power by himself and jesus came to him and he felt that unconditional love that he'd felt when that lady gave him a hug so love won him over and god is love and god revealed 
that love to him and he came to Christ. He's renounced his membership and everything with the Satanic Church of South Africa. Uh, again, um, I haven't watched the video. There may be some crazy wild ideas on that, but I bless what God is doing in his life, what the Holy Spirit is doing him. Maybe his vocabulary terminolo terminology will change as he gets discipled because Jesus commissioned us to make disciples of all nations. And so people who come to Christ need to be discipled, uh, which will help them stay solid on the word in relationship with God and also know which, you know, cults and groups out there and those things are wrong so that they could discern the truth. So I bless what God's doing in that gentleman's life. That's powerful. And we're going to see more situations like that coming in the days ahead. So this is, these are some exciting days that we're living in. Okay. Thank you for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed that. If you did enjoy it, remember to share it with friends and let people know about it because that way we can grow. All right. Thank you for listening. Have a great day and God bless. <laughs>